1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles. This podcast
1: is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated.
0: Third down and one. Hurts. Eating. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Bleed Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, week two is around the corner. We just finished up that Eagles and Vikings game we're going to discuss a little bit later, but you can still make some money on BetOnline.ag. We'll match your initial deposit up to 50% by using promo code Bleed, B-L-E-A-V. Get on the action. Get some money. BetOnline.ag. And remember, we're also sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is better, perfect for your mental health. We'll give you 10% off your first month of therapy. If you use our promo link, it's betterhelp.com Eagles. It's in the description, episode description below. Remember, take care of your mental health. It's very important to us here at Eagles Unfiltered. Co-host Connor Miles here with my co-host Ed Kras. As always, Ed, this, this 2-0 start is, you know, obviously great. You and I talked about how this offense is going to have to carry this defense for the first couple games of the season Uh but that's obviously not been the case. This defensive line really is overpowering these teams and really leading these Eagles to these victories the first couple of weeks. Because the offense is, they're still trying to figure things out. Um, I don't know about you, Ed, but I I did a little, I, I watched both games, the Patriots and Flakings game, about three times, both each. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on on offense, what's different from last year, what's not working. And I know everybody's just, you know, the automatic thing is to do is point the finger at Brian Johnson. The major change there being, Saints' section's not calling plays anymore. It's Brian Johnson's show now. I'm trying to figure out. You know, he knew Jalen Hurts in college. They had a strong relationship throughout their life before the either one of them were Eagles. They get to a point now where Jalen's first initial what it looks like is here's where the balance where I think is not where it's not really happening. 2021, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. The offense started off slow when Nick Sirianni was calling plays. So they turned, they turned the play calling over to St. Steichen, And it wasn't as electric right off the bat with Shane either. It took some time for them to you know, get some chemistry and adjust to each other and call the right plays. But the thing I noticed about Shane is when he's a play caller compared to, to Brian so far, and again, this is going to take time, Shane found a way to bail Hurts out if, one, his first read wasn't there, and two, the secondhand nature to take off and run didn't work. They they implemented all those screens. And I know everybody hated the Eagles screens, always using the screens, always using the screens, but I actually think that helped Jalen more so than it did hurt Jalen or the Eagles offense. Because it opened up it made teams, it made defenses automatically respect your screen game. Whether it worked or not, they had to respect the screen game so they didn't get destroyed by it or dashed by it. So when you're keeping the defense honest and you're keeping them playing close to to protect the screen, you're allowing things to open up more downfield, you're allowing them more one-on-one matchups, uh, you're getting better opportunities. I don't see, I haven't seen anything so far where, you know, the first two games with Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, your your defense is playing Jalen Hurts so well. You're taking away his first option and then you're you're making him uncomfortable running the ball because you have that spy on him who's always getting after him as soon as he tries to take off and run the ball. He's not comfortable running it. I mean it's clear as day you see it on the field as, as he was opposed to as he used to be. So there's no really third thing to rely on there's no screens to open things up there's no play action really opening things up so my biggest critique of this offense so far is when jalen's plan a and plan b aren't working because plan b for him is always go to the run plan a not working i'm going to take off and run i'm going to get us the positive yards no matter what what's well, not really working right now and plan c is we're got to figure it out we got to figure it out we got to figure it out we'll figure it out that's all we're hearing so far but is Am I getting on the – am I on the right track with this, Ed, in your opinion when I'm watching these first two games, is that this offense just doesn't have a plan C and not having that plan C is really hurting them?
0: Yeah. You know, the screens aren't working. You know, we've we seen last year with Dallas Goddard in the screen game, that was usually a big gain. Uh, these little sideways throws aren't working. They're only gaining one or two yards. And, you know, I think Jason Kelsey kind of alluded to it after the game where he called it chaos. You know, defenses are – Uh, creating chaos for the offense, something they didn't see last year in terms of what defenses were playing. So they're going to have to play a little bit differently this year. And, you know, we're two games in and, and, you know, they're going to evolve. I'm sure. I mean, we've seen what this offense can do and uh, I think they'll get there. I think, you know, it's surprising that they haven't come out and, you know, been that same aerial type of attack, but, you know, I, I give Brian Johnson a lot of credit off of Thursday night's game. I mean, they came out and the Eagles had a game plan and the Vikings lined up in a defense that they weren't expecting. And the Eagles adjusted. They made a very good in-game adjustment and they started hammering them with the inside zone reads. Shane Steichen used to say all the time, if you're not going to stop what I'm doing, I'm just going to keep running it. Now it takes conviction to do that. And again, Kelsey said that afterward, that he gives a lot of credit to a play caller who can say, I'm really going to call an inside zone run 18 straight times. Yeah. If you can stick to it, if you can have the patience to do it, why not? Steichen so said, oh, I'm going to keep running it till you can't, till you stop it. If you don't stop it, I'm going to keep running it. And the Vikings never stopped it. So, you know, why go away from it? So I, you know, I'm looking at it as a glass half full. You know, the Eagles couldn't throw the ball. And listen, Hertz was 19 for 20. 23. I mean, that's a like an 80% completion percentage. You know, if you get that every game, that, that's great. He threw for almost 200 yards, had the bad interception, but, you know, he's going to have to have his share of interceptions. He threw six last year. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not as concerned about the offense as maybe some others are. I, I think it's going to be just fine. You know, they won this game Thursday because Brian Johnson stuck to the courage of his convictions and kept calling that inside zone uh, run. And and the, the Vikings never stopped it. It was an embarrassment for the Vikings to not, you know, a Brian Flores coach defense to not adjust in game to what the Eagles were doing. Now, maybe they don't have the personnel, but it to me, it was an embarrassment for the Vikings and the Eagles took advantage of it. And that's to their credit. Uh, Being able to run the football and listen, we've, you know, fans want to see the big play and even hurts. I asked him in the post game interview, uh, you know, about his connection the explosive play to Devontae Smith, and he said, "I'm glad we hit it. That's what fans want to see: is the big plays. But fans should be used to the Eagles running the ball. I mean, this was the tenth time in 36 regular season games coached by Nick Sirianni that the team has put up over 200 yards rushing the ball. You contrast that to Doug Peterson, who, in 80 regular season games, had a team that rushed for over 200 yards just five times. So this is a, you know, this is a running offense, and if fans don't like it," You know, I'm sure you're going to have to get used to it because this is what the Eagles like to do is they like to run the football. Um, And, you know, a lot of that obviously is hurts and that hasn't been there. And uh that's OK. I mean, DeAndre Swift, if he shows that he can do this, you know, more often than not, like Miles Sanders did yet last year when he ran for over twelve hundred yards, that's OK. The Eagles will be fine. Uh Again, we're, we're looking at a very small sample size, two games. And I'm not concerned. We saw what this offense can do, and I think it'll figure it out, and it'll get back to what we saw a little bit more of last year from Jalen Hurts.
1: I have complete faith that they'll figure it out, and I have complete faith in Jalen Hurts figuring it out, being the player that he is. I have no concerns about that whatsoever. But here's where I'm a little concerned about the passing and offense. The reason why I am is because last year, you're right, Ed, they could beat you with the run the whole entire year last year, but they could also beat you with the pass. They were the most complete offense in football last year, in my opinion. Now, this year, it looks like, you know, again, like you said, Jason Kelsey even said this in the post-game interview. I didn't get to hear his post-game press conferences as much as you get to hear, like, uh, from when you're at home on TV. We heard the post-game interview with Amazon Prime, and first thing Jason Kelsey says is, yeah, these defenses are throwing unorthodox looks at us because of what we did last year. And they're trying to limit that. And they're trying to stop us from doing the big plays. And they're trying to stop us from passing it downfield to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, or getting these big chunks with those guys. So I do think it's just a, hey, defense is trying something new on us than we were accustomed to last year, being the explosive offense that we were. We need to figure out a way to beat that as well. Because, again, I mean, you're right. This team is a running team. This team succeeds from running the ball. But – you also had AJ Brown last year, who put up almost fifteen hundred yards of franchise record, and then you had Devontae Smith to put up a record in receptions. I mean, these guys are used to getting the ball. And he, I mean, we can talk about it right now. We saw AJ Brown's little outburst on the sideline about it too, as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think that this is a a huge thing to be concerned about or a huge uh, raise the alarms. I'm just, I guess, what I'm trying to say here, Ed, is when you play the Patriots, they the, they were the second best team in the past last year. They added Christian Gonzalez this year. They don't have any well-known names in the secondary other than that because he was a first-round pick. But that was his first game in the NFL. And the pass offense struggled. And I kind of gave them a little – I let it go because it's a Bill Belichick coach team. Passing defense has never been Patriots bread and butter since Bill Belichick's been there. All right. You struggled with that. That's fine. You still won. I'm going to let it go. The Vikings, though – I expected them to pass it better. I'm not going to lie to you, Ed. I did. I, the secondary with the Vikings is not good. They don't have corners to keep up with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. They just don't. Simply don't. And that's why I thought A.J. Brown was so frustrated. Again, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm watching these games, and he's hurt. He's definitely not 100%, though. I think that's I think that's another reason why Hurts was trying to you know, not always go to him, because you could tell A.J. Brown is not 100%. He looked like he hurt something. I don't know what it is, but he looked like he hurt something. He was hobbling during routes. He was slow. His body language looked like he was in pain the whole entire time on the field. I don't know if that played into it. And he was frustrated thinking, I'm not getting the ball because you're acting like I'm hurt and you think I'm going to get hurt more. Stop it, knock it off, get me the ball. Like if it was something like that, because that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming Hurts was trying to protect AJ. Never has Jalen Hurts have a problem with getting the ball to AJ Brown since AJ Brown's been in Philadelphia. Hasn't happened yet. He favors getting his ball into Devontae Smith and AJ Brown's hands above and above other the rest of the guys, even now, Scott are included. So I don't think that's ever gonna be a problem. But it looks like they were shying away from him a little bit because he looked he didn't look right. I don't know if you saw it too, but he didn't look right out there at all. He looked like he was hobbling. So I again I was just assuming when you see the the personnel in the Viking secondary, you're able to make these big plays, you're able to throw for a lot of yards and I mean you did so last year. So what happened this year? But again, not everything's gonna be the same. You're right. Why would they stop running the ball when he can run for 175 yards with DeAndre Swift, which we're going to have to get into a little bit after this about the explosion of his game. But I think that's why people are concerned is because we were so used to and accustomed to them being able to pass so well, especially with arguably the best wide receiver in the league. So why are you even having any little struggles at all? That's just what people are wondering. And I can't, I got to be honest with you. I am a little concerned, especially when you have, Tampa Bay secondary coming up. Washington secondary coming up. Those guys don't have world beaters on them either. Anton Winfield's a great safety, but these corners can't keep up with A.J. Brown Devontae Smith. And the Washington's got a rookie, Emmanuel Forbes, and some other guys. They don't have world beaters either. So I would like to see the improvement in the passing offense a little bit, especially in the middle of the field. I mean, I I don't know if you noticed, but they had nothing in the middle of the field completed against the Vikings. And I mean, it's always been Jalen Hurts's you know, knock on his game is the why aren't you getting stuff in the middle of the field? But because I don't think it's play calling with that. I think that's the quarterback's comfort uh, comfortability level. I, I really do. Because he had the problem with Shane, he's having the problem with Brian. I I think it's just the quarterback at the end of the day. He's not comfortable in the middle of the field, so he goes with who he's comfortable with, and that's fine. Do what do what works with you. But I understand what you're saying too, as well. You're right. We're probably panicked, pressing the panic button too early, but uh, just yeah. just with having this wide receiver duo and you know Joe Hurts. Wanting to make see that leap from him. I can't say I have been really seen it yet. I, I it's just a struggle.
0: Yeah, I you know, I <clears throat> I didn't see AJ Brown hobbling or anything. I I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. Maybe he was. I didn't <clears throat> I didn't notice anything, but uh clearly he was frustrated. And I think I don't think the Eagles handled that situation well. Nick Sirianni refused to address it, rather keep it in-house. AJ Brown, who always talks to the media was nowhere to be found when the locker opened the locker room opened. So, uh, you know, him and Hertz are best friends and I think they'll figure it out and they'll get over it. And AJ Brown will move on from it. But if he's going to have any kind of jealousy because the ball is going to Devontae Smith more or Dallas Goddard more than, then that's going to be a problem. And, you know, uh, it's something to watch for sure. I, I think as far as, the targets go. I think the Eagles overcorrected like they usually have a tend- tendency to do. Goddard was targeted once last week against the Patriots. This week he was targeted a team high seven times. I think it was an overcorrection. They wanted to get him the ball, and he wasn't effective. And they got him the ball in the wrong spots. I mean, they try they to screen. They would throw the ball outside, these little one-yard gains. I mean, it's ridiculous, these little sideways throws. You need to get Dallas open, like you said, over the middle, down a seam, somewhere where you know he can create separation, and uh, you he know, truthfully
1: has been. He truthfully has been. It's. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's yeah. on the quarterback at that point because I've been watching. Like I said, I've watched the Patriots game, watched the Vikings game multiple times. He's open on these post routes. He's open in the middle of the field. He's open on these hitches, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, and and maybe Hertz is just a little hesitant now. I mean, starting out the season, um, maybe that's a part of it. Maybe it is Brian Johnson not kind of scheming. Uh, plays open for certain guys, or maybe they're getting got it open, but the play isn't designed to go to him for whatever reason. And he's maybe the third progression and Hertz doesn't see it quickly because, you know, he's quick, too quick maybe to leave the pocket. But, uh, you know, again, this is a new team, uh, I, I'm not concerned at all. The factor 2-0 and o, to me is surprising. I mean, even before the season started, I, I thought they would lose one of these first two games. I really did. The Patriots or the Vikings. Um, everybody asked the Eagles all August long about the Super Bowl and how you move past it. And, you know, how many times have we seen teams go to the Super Bowl and come back the next year and get off to slow starts? And the Eagles are slow starting, but they're 2-0. and o. Um, I mean, that, that to me is – you know, that's great. If you're an Eagles fan, I don't, I don't, yeah, you have concerns, but again, we're only, you know, we're in the middle of September. The Eagles now have 10 days until they go to play Tampa and, you know, on a Monday night game. And you hope that they can make some of these corrections and uh, get the uh, more of an aerial attack going. Uh, we'll see. I listen again, I'm not really that concerned about it. The factor two and O to me, Coming off a Super Bowl loss is really amazing because we saw the Phillies, you know, come out, have a horrible start, bad April or whatever it was after they went to the World Series and lost. I mean, that kind of stuff's real. Um, oh, it's and, real for the
1: Super Bowl losers. They usually uh, – Super Bowl losers, actually, it's actually hard for them to make the playoffs the following year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's true. And and then you look at some of the injuries they've had already. I mean, Avante Maddox could be out for a while with this shoulder injury. The secondary against the Vikings, a lot of miscommunication, and you're playing undrafted rookie free uh, free agents like uh, Josh Job, and they're not rookies. Second year Josh Job, second year Mario Goodrich. There was a lot of miscommunication on certain plays, especially with Goodrich, who's now your backup slot cornerback. If Maddox is out, I mean that's that's a big loss. They played without James Bradbury. You know, Nakobe Dean's out for a month. Um, you know. Reed Blankenship, who knows what condition his ribs are in. Um, but this defense, this, it, there's no so many new faces. This is such a completely different defense than what than one I went to the Super Bowl last year. And you know, I thought Terrell Edmonds, not a big cover guy, he gave up some stuff uh, in coverage, but you know, he played pretty well. I thought you know, he made that big play on Justin Jefferson at the goal line. Uh, kind of ripped the arm down on Jefferson so he couldn't hold the ball as he tried to reach out over the goal line that was a huge turnover in the game it looks like the Vikings are going to go up 14 to 10 take that momentum into the locker room at halftime and then come out and get the ball and then maybe score again but you know Edmonds is comes charging over from his safety position and makes the big play the Eagles get it on the touchback Eventually, move it into a field goal range. They go 37 yards in 30 seconds. And Jake Elliott, who's, who's been amazing this year, bangs a 61 yarder, You're 13 to 7 now, and all the momentum in the world going into that locker room. And we saw the Eagles' defense come out in the second half against the Vikings and use that momentum. Josh Sweat, who was a terror all night long, comes off the edge, uh, you know, just chops that ball out from Kirk Cousins, creates the fumble. Fletcher Cox picks it up, rumbles inside the 10-yard line, huge, huge play. And I think a lot of that stems from just the fact they had the momentum. So, you know, you can talk about the concerns about the offense and this and that, but I'm trying to tell Eagles fans it's okay, you know, take a breath. This offense, we know what it can do, and it's going to be an an evolution for them. You know, it's going to take some time to evolve. Defenses are playing them differently. And now they're gonna to have to figure it out. And and I trust that they will. Um, if they don't, then 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 it's big trouble. But I think they'll figure it out. And right now, this defense to me, they forced seven turnovers already in two games, which is incredible. They would have had a fifth forced fumble if Contavious Street didn't line up off sides. Uh, you know, and then you're scrambling for the record books. When was the last time a team forced five fumbles in one game? Already four is a pretty big number. I don't know what you know what the record is, but You know, uh, this defense to me is is been a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, you're concerned that they've both quarterbacks have thrown for over 300 yards in these two games, but again, the secondary was a mix and match. After you lose Bradbury, you know you're you're running and Maddox, you're running you know guys that you know might not be ready. You know guys that didn't have a a week to prepare as a starter like Mario Goodrich. Um, So that's a concern the injuries that could start to mount up we didn't see them last year uh and hopefully this is the end of them you know hopefully they don't get any more but you know you never know when you play your season play when you play your season into the middle of february and you go to the super bowl uh that's a quick turnaround before spring comes and you have to report back it's not a lot of recovery time on the body so maybe we're seeing some of that uh you know some of these injuries pile up because they had such a long season last year and you know, it takes time for the body to recover, but uh, yeah, I'm listen. I'm not worried about the offense. I'm a little worried about AJ Brown. I hope he doesn't have this jealousy thing going on because if he does, it's going to be a problem. But I, I think they'll move past it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> once they get back on the field, I, I I think they'll be fine. I hope they'll be fine because they need AJ Brown obviously um, to to catch important passes, and we saw him do that. We, we listen. He would have had a touchdown catch. You know, if Rashad Penny wasn't called for holding, they would have had an explosive play for a touchdown in that game, but it was called back for Penny. Then they go back to AJ on the other side, blatant pass interference call missed when the Vikings D back uh, drags Brown's arm down as the ball's not even there yet An uncalled play or it's another touchdown. So, you know, listen, we're, We're concerned that they're taking away the deep stuff yet, you know, they would have had touchdowns to AJ. They had two huge plays to Smith, a 63 yard touchdown pass and a 54 yard completion. I mean, that's pretty good for an offense that, you know, they're trying to take that away from. They still hit two big plays and it would have been three big plays if Rashad Penny's not called for holding.
1: Those are some great points right there. And again, I'm not worried about AJ. I, I think, you know, the only reason why I'm a little concerned is because there was a picture painted that team Devante or team AJ, and then you have, you know, the frustrations already start blowing up. I just hope the outside noise doesn't ever surplant what's on the football field. It's again, Jalen and AJ are best friends. They were best friends before these guys even were even Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm really not worried about their relationship or what could happen out there. I just, you know, There was a picture painted this offseason that some fans are Team Smith and some fans are Team AJ and all this hoopla. So I hope it doesn't spill over to the field because, you know, Eagles fans, we deserve this wide receiver duo. We've been through. We've been through it at wide receiver. You know, we deserve to have these guys together for years to come and to watch their success like they had last year for years to come. AJ's a true competitor. AJ has is one of the most passionate football players I've ever witnessed with my own eyes. He has signs on his locker that stay always open. It's secondhand nature for us to overreact when it comes to the social media era that we're in. He's a football player. He wants the football. He knows what it takes to win. He knows when the ball's in his hands, he can beat his opponent anytime out there. The 11 touchdowns, 1,500 yards last year show that. I'm I'm fine with how AJ's acting because he knows that he can beat his guy one on one. He knows he can dominate a game. That's the only reason why he gets frustrated like that. I'm perfectly fine with AJ, but I'm not worried at all. I just yeah. hope that the the team Devontae and the team AJ crap from this offseason doesn't spill over into this year and you know gets in everybody's head. And just that's just off the field crap that nobody cares about. So I, I hope they can stick to the on the field stuff. Uh yeah. and then speaking of Avante, too, he's out for the season, Ed. That was a torn pack. He's done. That looks like he's done. Um, that I that's probably his last play in the Eagles uniform, to be honest with you. Especially with the Isaiah Rogers senior brought in uh serving the suspension here. That's that's probably it for Avante. We probably saw his last game as an Eagle and great player, great player, really settled into his own, becoming the nickel for this team long term. Just can't stay healthy. The the injuries just haunt him. Yeah. So prayers to him and his recovery, but that was probably it for Avante Max in the Eagles uniform. And it's really gonna be tough to figure out. Who fills in a nickel for him? Because I don't think Mario Goodrich is ready. We're going to find out. No. I don't think he is, though. So uh, see, everybody's speaking about trading for a safety, trading for a linebacker. Sheesh, I think they should trade for a nickel quarter now. <laughs> I think Nicholas Morrow actually played decent enough for me to think, you know, the Eagles always like to go with makeshift linebackers. Let's just let them have it again and keep going with it because, you know, they still win games with these makeshift linebackers. So Zach Cunningham. You know, he got, he's not the best in coverage, but he he's definitely playing very better than, you know, the Eagles probably would expect him to play when they sign him off the street uh, at the end of August. So and I, I'm fine with linebacker, and safety will figure it out because once Sydney Brown finally gets the playing time, I, I got to say it, Justin Evans played great this game too as well. Justin Evans played great. Terrell Edmonds stepped up and played his role. Uh, again, he's not the best in coverage, but he played his role where he's going to be on the field a lot this season in that said role. So I'm fine with Terrell Edmonds. I'm fine with Justin Evans. He's actually surprised me the most was Justin Evans in that game. Actually, he played very well Um, other than the, the you know, the touchdown. But that, again, that's just your, your your player making a play on the Vikings. Uh, Justin Evans played pretty well given what it was out there. But uh, I just think nickel corner is going to be a huge thing for this team because Slot corners are so important, Ed. Slot wide receivers are so important to offenses nowadays. You need a slot corner that can cover, and Avanti could do that. He just couldn't stay healthy. So I think that's going to be a big loss, but a loss that they're used to taking, unfortunately, because Avante's always hurt, it seems like.
0: Well, the Eagles are one of the few teams in the NFL that actually have a slot cornerback coach. So, you know, it's an important position when you're hiring right. a specific coach to just coach the slot corners. And now, you know Maddox. I, I didn't see the report that it was a torn peck. I don't know who reported that, Um, but if it is, yeah, that's big trouble. And then you already lost John Clark. I, John Clark. Clark. So, so you know you'll already lost Zach McPherson. He was being trained. So you know Josiah Scott, I believe, is still out there. He's a guy that they cut. He can play the slot. He's familiar he's on the with this. He's on the Steelers defense. practice
1: squad. Sorry, I didn't mean out to. He's on the Steelers practice squad right now, Josiah Scott. Okay
0: well, you could certainly sign him off the squad and add him to your 53 if you put Maddox on IR. So, um, you know, and maybe the Steelers will anticipate that and add him to their 53, and then what do you do? But if I'm the Eagles, that's probably my first move is I'm signing him off their practice squad, and I'm probably doing it tomorrow while the Steelers might not be paying too close of attention because they're they're playing a game on Sunday. So, <clears throat> you know, I would I would certainly – bring back Josiah Scott for starters and then maybe see what's out there on the free agent market. Maybe like you said, through a trade, I'm not sure how willing teams are going to be to trade anybody at this point because teams are still fighting. They all think they're capable of making the playoffs, right? It's still so early in the year. So I'm not sure who's going to be parting with one, uh, you know, in the middle of September. Um, but it's a concern, you know, uh, for sure that nickel spot is going to be a concern, uh, because teams will attack it. Now, maybe you could play Edmonds closer to the line when Blankenship comes back and you give him more of a run in the slot. I don't know if he can play. He's not a real good cover guy. So, you know, I'm, I'm grasping for answers. Just,
1: just, just, Justin <laughs> Evans played, you know, safety nickel hybrid with the Saints last year. He put plays Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I That would be like my first in-house where to go with that. But again, I, it's not ideal. That's not what you want. Mm-hmm. I, Josiah Scott makes a lot of sense. Fans are gonna hate that. <laughs> Fans are gonna hate hearing you say that. But it makes yeah. a lot of sense because he knows it. He knows what they uh <laughs> does he know the system though? He was here during training camp. So yeah, yeah, you, ha- you have to assume there. Cause again, this is a new defensive quarter, it's not Jonathan Gannon. But uh yeah, I mean Josh J- Scott makes it for the immediate fix makes the most sense logically.
0: I mean, what are don't the options? It. I mean, you know, they don't have any options. They'd they really be happy don't. with it, but what what are your options? I mean, that's the I, one that makes the most sense. Is... And I know
1: fans out there are going to be like Eli Ricks, man, because we live off of what have you done for me lately, even if it is preseason performances. But Eli Ricks is not. That's Eli Ricks needs the Josh Job treatment that Josh Job got last year. So pump the brakes on that. Let him sit and relax. Uh, yeah. He needs to get up to speed. He needs to get the Josh Job treatment. But uh, I don't i've I've seen people say play job outside and move Bradbury into a nickel and I hate that too that's a horrible idea Bradbury's one of the best outside corner boundary corners in the league why would i why would I take away from
0: that it's another possible option though but I agree with you the Eagles are always hesitant to uh when someone gets hurt to fill that vacancy by affecting another position and you would be impacting the outside corner spot if you were to move Bradbury inside and start job and and you probably would be doing that too if you move Justin Jeff, Justin Evans into the slot, because then you got to bring in, you know, maybe Edmonds or, or Sydney Brown to start at safety. Um, They're always hesitant to do that, to fill one hole, but open up another hole at somewhere else. And that's what they would be doing if they did Bradbury in the slot or Evans in the slot. So, you know, it's a possibility, I guess, Uh, Bradbury could do it in the slot, maybe. Uh, but Job, I mean, Job was kind of up and down. I thought gave up that huge touchdown to Jordan Addison um, really out of position. It was such an easy completion. And then he misses the tackle at, you know, at the 15 or 10 wherever Addison caught it and was able to walk into the end zone. So, you know, that's what you're going to have to live with because he's an undrafted free agent second year. He's going to have his growing pains and, you know, you hope that he can learn quick and, 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 you know, get up to speed quick because he might be seeing more time. If the Eagles go that Bradbury in the slot route.
1: I hope that's not the route they go. I'm going to be honest with you. I really hope it's not. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, you're asking Bradbury to play something he's not comfortable with that he's never really done in his career. And then you're asking whoever's going to be on the outside, which would be Joe to be a long-term starter, which I'm not sure he's ready for either. I, you know, Mario Goodrich made the team for a reason. Let's see what he's got mm. for, for starters. Let's just see what he's got for the first couple of weeks. And then we'll go from there. That's, that's the only option I could see that's viable right now. Even if you bring Josiah Scott back, Mario Goodrich made this team for a reason. So let's see what he's got. Uh, yes. And then we'll go from there. But again, with this, with the NFC East, the way it is with the NFC, the way it is with the Super Bowl the way it is, I want to have a nickel corner in there that can play. So we'll see how it goes from there. But yeah. And to end the show real quick, Deandre Swift, I mean, after that performance, you can't really look back from that after that. He, he has to be, you know, I know this running back rotation is going to be quirky still, and it's still going to be odd. It seems like Rashad Penny's just fallen out of favor completely. I, I don't think he's going to be on the team much longer, the way it looks uh, with Rashad Penny so far. So I don't know if he's ever going to be a part of this running back by committee, but at some point in time when get, when is healthy, even after what Swift showed, what do you do there? Because I mean, I, I think now you have to say, all right, DeAndre Swift has showed us that he's He's welcome and he's ready to play in Philadelphia. We might as well keep running the hot hand, especially with, look, if you have a running back by committee, once the, once one of the running backs shows a hot hand, you ride the hot hand. That's, a, that's, a, that's how it works. That's how you do it. That's how I've been taught how to do it. That's how Doug Peterson did it. That's how Nick Sirianni should do it too. So I'm sure that's how they'll continue it. But I mean, 175 yards is nothing to just overlook. He's going to have to get the, the the bulk of the carries now, you would imagine, right?
0: Yeah. And Sirianni himself even said, you know, he'll, he'll look to ride the hot hand if, you know, if the committee approach if someone emerges and and Swift emerged, I mean, and, and those were, it's not like he broke any big, I mean, he broke the 43 yard run, which was huge after the uh, Vikings pulled within 27, 21, he breaks that 43 yard run down to the four yard line, huge, but all his other runs were just kind of workmanlike, you know, powerful runs. he, good balance, uh, you know, very impressive. Even his touchdown run from two yards, he, you know, he kind of went through an arm tackle of Harrison Smith uh, to get into the end zone after he cut it back inside. So, you know, they were hard workman like yards and it was good to see. Cause one of my concern with concerns with him was a little too much, maybe miles Sanders in him looking to break it outside too quickly. Um, we didn't really see that. I mean, he, he seemed to hit what was there. And Cam Jurgens said after the game that, you know, he made the line look good because he's so shifty. He goes, sometimes the hole he was supposed to go through wasn't there, but he was able to shift into another hole and pick up a few yards. And, you know, that to me is a hot hand, and that's something that Sirianni should certainly uh, keep going to when they play Tampa on Monday night. Uh, I don't see how you can't go away from him at this point.
1: Well, I mean, his patience that he showed, yeah, that we patience. haven't – We haven't seen that from an Eagles running back. I mean, I hate to knock on Miles Sanders here because I think Miles Sanders is better than what Eagles fans give him credit for, but Miles Sanders never showed that type of patience. Miles Sanders was always, I'm hitting the hole right away, and I'm trying to do my home run speed, and I'm going to win that way. DeAndre Swift took what they, you're right, he, he sat there for a second and took what the offensive line gave him. He never, you know, anticipated a hole. He waited for one to open up, so... That I thought was very key and very key. And then, you know, you have to keep riding the hot hand, especially after 175 yards. So, look, I think Kenneth Gainwell is better than what Eagles fans give him credit for. He does run the ball well, and he did so against the Patriots team that's very good against the run uh, with Bell Belichick. So, I gave him credit for what he was able to do. But again, with what Swift has showed, you can't take the ball out of Swift's hands a ton. So, if Kenneth Gainwell is going to sp- spell him, that's fine with me, but not to. Don't do what you did We won. Don't go back there. You know, give these guys a good, healthy, give Swift 60%, give Keane, Kenny 40%, or give Kenny 30%, Boston 10%, whatever you got to do. But Swift needs to be the bulk of the carries for sure, from now on.
0: Yeah. And listen, you know, we talk about the, the defenses they've played. I mean, I don't think defenses maybe respect their running backs. I mean, you know, and that's why they're clamping down on the offense, you know, with the passing, you know, mm-hmm. I think they're making, cause they lost Sanders. So they're like, Kenny Gainwell, you know, like he, he was a fifth round pick. I mean, is he that good? We're, we'll, well, let's see. And he didn't really do that well against the Patriots. Uh, I know it's a good defense and then Swift comes in. So maybe, you know Swift's performance changes the way defenses play them now, and they have to respect the run game because Swift is in there. And if not, go trade for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring in Taylor instead of bringing in a nickel corner in a trade. Go get Taylor; he's available. You could get him. Uh, Colts would trade him, but it's going to cost a lot. I don't know and if the Colts the will
1: trade him because, yeah, they, the, what they've been asking for is yeah. they'll ask, they'll ask the, they will ask the Eagles You're for right. Devontae Smith. They will ask, They will legit ask the i for Devontae Swift, and they'll say no, no! <laughs> no. Just like the Dolphins hung up and said they laughed over Waddle, and the Packers laughed over Christian Watson. We're not doing that. Yeah. So yeah. I hear you, but I don't think the Colts really want to trade Jonathan Taylor. I think they're they're being yeah, you're probably right. Absolutely jokesters about it. I think Swift's fine. You know, I think you're right. That's a great point that you just made, though. Maybe the teams aren't respecting the run, because clearly they're not respecting the run because they keep putting these spies on Jalen Hurts trying to limit what he does with the run. So clearly they're not respecting the run enough. Uh Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe Swift just woke up the NFL towards, oh, no, the Eagles can run the ball well. They have a good running back. we got to start paying attention to that. And maybe it does open up stuff. You'll we'll be honest on something there, Ed.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I would still love to see Taylor in the backfield. But, you know, it's not because I like Eagles, Eagles running backs, but I don't think any of them are elite. Like Jonathan Taylor is elite. You know, I, I don't think Swift, Swift's very good. Gainwell's good, but there's no none of them are elite. And like you said about Penny, I'm not sure he's going to be long for this team. We'll see. But Taylor's elite, and you know I keep banging the drum for Taylor. And you know it's wishful thinking, pie in the sky dreams, whatever you want to call it, because I don't think it'll happen. But um, hopefully, Swift just, can I mean, be he'll be the just guy. as
1: pissed. Look, Jonathan Taylor will be just as pissed off as he was in New when in Indianapolis when he comes to Philadelphia because they're going to say, yeah, we brought you here for games, not for pay. I'm not, not gonna pay
0: you. Yeah, he grew up, you know, in South Jersey. Maybe he'll be happy to be home, like a son Redick, and you know, be fine with that for a couple months. I mean, they're not gonna pay him. Yeah, right. I know. Probably he will. He'll need a new contract if you deal with him because you're gonna give up probably a lot to have to get him. So you're gonna have to sign him, and then you'll be like Swift. Will be angry because he's on his last. You know, he's signed. He's one. I don't well, think this is it ever for gonna him. do it.
1: We know we yeah. know how he we know how, how he is running backs we know how he is with linebackers we you know, know how he is with the safeties fine. now it's, You're it's raining on
0: my parade man I want I'm to- sorry
1: because <laughs> you know, I I get all my friends who ask me this all the time they're always like yeah. why won't the Eagles make a move for Jonathan Taylor this is the move that they should make and all that and I'm like guys I I, I understand why you want them totally yeah. get it but let's stop getting our hopes up when we know how the GM Howie Roseman is you know yeah. Taylor wants to get paid he's not going to get paid with the Eagles it's not going to happen I, you know. I won't say never how he's, you know, been a shocking person over my my lifespan. So I won't say never, but uh, I'm just if DeAndre's Swift can put up 175 yards, let's just let's keep riding that and see how that goes, because yeah, yeah. yeah. you're
0: not going to pay him either. So you might as well enjoy the ride that you have with him. Yeah, it's going to be tougher in Tampa with Vita Vea in the middle, and they have very good linebacker play. With Levante. Todd Bowles is a good again. These,
1: these are very good tests for Brian Johnson these first three weeks. Yeah. Todd Bowles is no slouch of a defensive.
0: they have got some good pieces on defense. Antonio Winfield is a safety. I mean, it'll be a good, good challenge to see if this offense can maybe throw the ball because it's going to be Sack hard. These to corners, tack these corners. Yeah, there you Please. go. Tack these corners. Yeah, we can talk about it next week. We'll, we'll we preview will. the game. Yeah. We will.
1: All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you here next week as we preview the Tampa game against the Eagles. I want to see some passing opening up. I want to see Jalen Hurts at least get over 200 passing yards. 250 passing yards, actually. I want to see a big game, man. I'm ready. Yeah, you're I'm ready. ready. I, you know, I'm ready for it. This It, it doesn't look – I think the reason why we're all concerned, Ed, it, I know you're right. Look, folks, Ed's right about this. We're overreacting. We are. They're 0 They'll figure it out. But we're so used to this offense being – what did I tell you? What did you and I first say before the season started? This offense is going to have to carry this yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. So we expected this offense to be better than what they are, right? That's the only reason why we're all concerned. We're all yeah. like, "Well, what's going on?" You know, they they have the best wide. Re- I still think it's the best wide receiver doing in the league. No disrespect to the Bengals. No disrespect to the Dolphins. I just think AJ Brown Devontae Smith complement each other better than those those two duos do. So, I mean, if you have the a wide receiver lead that, duo that can really take over the league.
0: Why are you struggling the way you were passing? It's it's yeah. it's, well, it's it's, it's just not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy as it was last year. Everybody's got they got the target on their back. They went to the Super Bowl. They know this. Every team yeah. is going to be amped up to play the Philadelphia Eagles. They went to the Super Bowl. Bigger target. These games are not going to be easy. And even last year, the Eagles always had the big second quarter. Right? They've scored a ridiculous amount of points in the second quarter, took a lead, and then kind of went into an offensive shell in the second halves and didn't do much. So you know, it's encouraging to see them grinding out drives in the fourth quarter in games that are tight. I mean, these are, these are you know, games won under adversity that I think will serve the team, you know, maybe better in the long run. So, yeah, relax. Take a deep breath, everybody.
1: You're right, because people, all right, look, if you coach in the NFL, you're obviously a smart individual, and you worked your ass off to get there, and the reason why you worked your ass off to get there is because you grind the film, and you watch the film. Last year, nobody had film on the Eagles uh, with A.J. Brown, so they know, they didn't know what the Eagles were going to be with AJ Brown. What, what kind of passing offense they were going to turn into with this wide receiver to do with that they had this year. They had a whole year of film on what the Eagles did last year. And clearly it's showing clearly it's showing that these smart teams, these great defensive coaches, the bill Belichick, the Brian Flores and the Todd Bowles of the world. When I'm going to give the credit to Ron Rivera too, because these guys are all smart defensive coaches that the Eagles are going up against in these upcoming games. Uh, they're they're in the position they are for a reason. They have a whole year of film to watch on the Eagles and how they were with AJ Brown last year. And clearly they're adjusting to what the Eagles are comfortable with. So I, I'm just I'm just asking, please find a plan C that works. You were able to with Shane Seichen. You know, I know not everybody loved the screens. They were beautiful for Goddard. They weren't beautiful for the wide receivers, in my opinion, but they at least opened things up. So just not because they didn't always work. They they made things easier and they opened things up. They need to find plan C that opens things up. And maybe that plan C is the run game with DeAndre Swift. Maybe that is, maybe you're right. Maybe that's the plan C and maybe that opens things up. We'll find out against Tampa. We'll see you guys next week when we preview it though. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,